Damn, let's talk some shit. It's Polly Siegel and Victoria Aaron, two licensed therapists who've spent way too much money on degrees, certifications, and trainings. Mm. We both love what we do and couldn't imagine working in any other profession, but we're forced to be serious all the time, and that gets boring. Shit Talking Shrinks discusses important mental health topics, the human experience, and society at large, while poking fun along the way. It won't be all fun and games because after every episode, you'll walk away with tangible tools to navigate life more effectively. We love a tangible tool. Okay, I have to tell you about this incredible company, Joyous. It's an at-home ketamine treatment that delivers ketamine to your door for $129 a month, which is absolutely unheard of because most ketamine treatment is hella expensive. And what ketamine does is it helps our prefrontal cortex work more optimally. And the prefrontal cortex helps with decision-making, problem-solving, emotional regulation. It's the part of the brain that gets us through hard shit. And so if you're someone who has struggled with anxiety and depression and you've tried antidepressants or you've tried mood stabilizers and they haven't helped, ketamine is absolutely the next step. And I have seen my clients thrive while using ketamine. Joyous makes it super easy to access this life-changing medicine and you can start the process by visiting www.joyous.team. You guys, you got to get on it and try it. Trust me, you won't look back. Hi, everybody. We're all here shit-talking shrinks. We have the horny housewife on today, which is really fucking exciting. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with y'all. Thank you, Jordan. We're so happy that you're here. And we're just lucky to be in your presence. I feel the same way. I mean, three people is an interesting dynamic for me to be talking because it's like there's so many of us. Well, should we just like do that when when we want to talk? Should we point at our mouth? You know what? Honestly, I feel like we're really good with the spirit moving between all of us. So just don't even worry about it. And also, if you interrupt me, like I'll shut the fuck up. I'm ADHD. So I'm like, oh, I have to work on it. This is like a a character flaw that I have to work on. So I'm going to practice. What are we talking about today, folks? Orgasms. I was thinking about today and meeting you, Jordan, and I love your content. Last year, the first hookup I had after my breakup was with this guy and I'll refer to him as CHN. That's how me and my friends refer to him. And it was liberating. Number one, it was so much fun. It was like the best time ever. But at the end of it, he lifted me up by my vagina into the air. Like a pussy grab? He he grabbed her by the pussy (laughs) and he lifted her into the air. And it was like the beginning of my liberation. It was like it was like a Moses moment or like a it's like a Simba moment. He was cupping my undercarriage and he just lifted, raised me up into the air, you know? But he gave me my first orgasm post breakup. This is the thing. When I found out we're talking about orgasms, I'm like, it's so it's to each their own, right? Everybody's different. Everybody's body is different. And what does it mean to y'all for a guy to make you orgasm? Because I know how I orgasm. So it's kind of like, I feel like I'm making that happen too. Ooh, interesting. Like I'm a collaborator. Yeah. Or a guider. (laughs) If you're with a guy long enough, he should figure out and know how to do it. Well, I was like silently masturbating for so long in bed because I just like needed to de-stress. Next to my ex, like I was just silently masturbating. I became a sneak orgasmer. 
this guy that I met, it was a random hookup and he just absolutely made me come beyond anything I had came in like at least four years. And I was like, fuck. He restored your faith in the ability to climax. Did you have like an underlying hate issues with the other ex? Was it a mental thing too? Or was it a body? I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. It was like, we stayed in the relationship past its expiration date just out of like complacency. And so it was more just like, ugh, this is a drain. And we weren't fucking. So I was just silently masturbating. CHN made me come really loud. It was fun. It was so fun. Does he know you have a podcast? And if he heard this, would he know you're talking about him? He would know exactly what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the question you asked around, like, what does orgasm mean to you? It's one, it's a question that no one's ever asked with me, at least, which I think is so cool and powerful. I've always viewed orgasm as something that I have a control in, that I don't view it as, I hope it happens, cross my fingers, maybe it will. If he's skilled, like it's always been this very empowering state of, I will make sure it happens because it's not acceptable if it doesn't. So for me, I've always taken orgasm into my own hands where if I want to experience that with the person I'm with, like it will happen because I'm determined to make it happen. And I think there are a lot of women that just kind of cross their fingers in this passive way and hope that it will and that it will unfold and that that other person will intuitively understand their body. But I think it requires a lot of advocacy and speaking up and guidance and making sure the other person is fully aware of what you need in a moment. Yeah, totally. And I think that if you uh, do the finger crossed version, like you're going to be so disappointed all the time. Like that's going to be what a letdown of a life. And then you're going to be silent masturbating. You know what I mean? (laughs) Don't be like me. Yeah, you've got it. You have to be able to talk about it. And if you're faking it, which I mean, was there a point in y'all's lives where you were ever fakers? Because there 100% was a point in my life where I was actively faking it, thinking I'm like, cool. Like like I was like a dumb girl, like at 19. I was like, yeah, I just came like five times. You know what I mean? And you're like... I didn't come one time. I thought that sounded cool or something. <laughs> and I'm just falsely, you know, affirming this man, which maybe is good because like, fuck him, right? So maybe you don't want him to go be good in bed. <laughs> like you don't want to help him with other people. Yeah. You're doing great. And it's like so <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I understand the pros and cons of faking orgasm. I understand it from the standpoint of, It can be deeply uncomfortable depending on the other person that if you don't achieve climax, then there's going to be this discomfort between you and the other person. And that's wanting to be eliminated. And so it's just much easier to do it so that then the other person feels happy, feels safe. You are able to ensure that and then you go on your merry way. I think it's problematic in a relationship, especially because you're with this person and there's intimacy and vulnerability and there should be a lot of communication around sex. But I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing if you're having like a random hookup. Because at that point, it's like, it's just easier sometimes to do that. No, totally. And I bet you that there are married women who would say, like, I'm just so tired. It has nothing to do with my husband. Or like, maybe they've had there's some outside factor and they're like, it's about me. Like, I'm not going to climax. Like, I'm not in the space which I do think 
doing that doesn't serve your marriage or sex life in any way because, you know, I think telling him, hey, I'm not in this space and then intentionally creating it because like that's a part of foreplay, right? You're just going with the motions. It's like sometimes you have to be able to get in the headspace to come or it's like a mental block, you know? Do you ever experience that? For sure. And not only a mental block, but my body feels blocked. Like sometimes I can feel that it's not going to progress or evolve in the way that it needs to in a moment to make it happen. Yeah. Or like a guy's pressuring you in the moment or like he's like, I want... Do you ever feel pressured by a guy? Like the guy's like telling you to come and you're like, I'm not there yet. You know, like, hold on. (laughs) I mean, if a guy's saying that to me, I'm like, I'll say like, I don't know. I'm like, I can tell you exactly how to make me come right now. I pretty much always come. Like, even if it's not during sex and like, if they come first and I'm like, my turn. That's all. I think they should let you come first. Sometimes I think it's hard for guys to control that. They should start getting control. I feel like when, (laughs) don't you feel like the older they get, there's so many tips and tricks. Edging, practice edging. No, am I being a man hater? I don't know. No. So Jordan's basically like, that's on them. I honestly find it kind of hot because I'm like, wow, like you really were into that. I did such good work. My vagina is so good. Good girl. You know, but then <laughs> it's like, I also want to come. So I'm like, okay, me. Yeah. And I've never like received like a no, you know? Yeah. That would be horrible. That would be terrible. I'm sure there are some men like that, but for sure there are. For sure there are. I mean, I've heard my guy friends like that hook up with random girls are like, I don't give a fuck if she comes. And I'm like, you're disgusting. What do you, what do you think, Jordan, is the path forward for women who are wanting to have more orgasm or more deeper orgasm? Like, Where does someone start if they're questioning their orgasm path? Like what's going on? Like, I don't relate to what we're talking about. They're like, I don't come masturbation is like the key to like so many things for a woman, just as far as um, body love and self-care and understanding your vagina more. Because there are definitely women who do kind of feel maybe foreign to understanding their pussy in the way we are talking about it, going like we make sure that happens and that's easy for us. There are obviously a lot of people who would say it's not easy for them. And I think it's so many factors it could be. Like anxiety, performance anxiety happens for anyone that can happen to. But I think if you wanted resolution in that area, you would start with the solo pleasure. And I mean, there's so many wonderful resources, podcasts such as this one and The Horny Housewife. And there's platforms like Beducated and services that you can like dive deep on learning technique and get a coach. There's so many ways to dive deeper with understanding yourself and like what makes you tick and what turns you on. And I think it starts with a conversation, which if it's your long-term partner, hopefully, ideally, you would feel comfortable to tell them, like, I want to experience pleasure and knowing you're worthy of pleasure and then being intentional about it, not just acknowledging it, but like, taking inspired action. Maybe that sounds corny, but like doing something about it and saying, I'm going to masturbate, even if maybe you feel like uncomfortable and awkward, but like trying something different. Maybe go down a squirting rabbit hole. 
be like, I'm going to try to just stimulate my G spot the whole time. I don't know. You can get weird. It's really openness. It's openness to not be attached to one way to do something, but to explore all avenues. Yeah, for sure. And just take the expectations out of it and kind of get present. I think that's where the anxiety kicks in is because you're so like outcome focused or what is it supposed to look like instead of being like, how do I feel right now in my body and like being so in tune with your body. And then if you could master that alone, then like going into the sex with the man, I'm sure you have a way better start than if you're not practicing that by yourself. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, I think mindfulness has really helped with that, you know, like practicing meditation for 12 years. And before I have sex, if I notice like my brain is all over the place or even during sex or whatever foreplay, I notice my brain is all over the place. I'll like say to myself or I'll like talk to the universe and just be like, hey, can you be present in this moment? Can you enjoy this? Is there something off? Do you need to stop? Mm -hmm. I like to check in with myself. If I notice that my head isn't in it, if I'm not feeling everything, if I'm not sensing everything, like I talk to the universe, I ask for myself to become present. And it usually happens like pretty rapidly. Then I'm in the moment. And then I just like am fully in my body. I know it takes a lot of practice because that wasn't always the case. And then, but with the practice, it becomes almost like more second nature than it did before you ever started doing that. So I totally, I know it can sound corny sometimes. I remember when I was getting advice like this, it sounded so cliche or like, okay, sure, it's easy for you. And then, when I started affirming myself, like little things like that, just like positive affirmations about myself. I know it sounds corny, but like those rock my world. And I feel like significantly different when I practice self-love and self-care and meditation and just intentionality around my life. And I think that goes hand in hand with having an orgasm because maybe I'm a little woo-woo about it, but I definitely think that there's a huge mental part of it, obviously. And I would say for me, I had to let go of my attachment to orgasm being the necessary piece to it. Like, yes, I feel like orgasm was in my control and it's part of the destiny because I will make sure it happens. But I also had to at a point throughout like my sexual development to be like, I don't need that to happen in order for this to be enjoyable. And I think we get so much pressure from society that if you don't come it's a bad experience. Or if you don't orgasm, that must mean X, Y, Z. But it all has this really negative connotation. Whereas if you just walk in and you've gotten into your body and you've meditated and you use your five senses to fully connect to the entire experience, if you orgasm, cool. If not, you can still enjoy the process. But the pressure of needing to orgasm increases anxiety performance and the need to just feel like things need to be perfect and rigid. Whereas like lots of people don't orgasm in an interaction and it still can be really enjoyable. Isn't it wild that like this is such a conversation that women should be having or having that men, I don't want to just generalize all men, but like most of the time, all the men, you know what I mean? And I know they have their issues with their dicks. There's lots of dick issues and I want to you know save space for them. I do think like they can nut pretty easily. Usually they're nutting too quick. I want to take a quick pause to talk about our sponsor, a company called BetterHelp. 
It's an online therapy platform where all the therapists are licensed and accredited professionals. It's affordable. You pay a low flat fee for therapy with your therapist, and it's convenient. Do it at your own time and at your own pace, and you can communicate with your therapist as much as you want and whenever you feel is needed. And more importantly, it's effective. Thousands of people have benefited from therapy using BetterHelp, and we're really grateful to offer all of our listeners 10% off your first month. So if you're interested in receiving therapy ASAP, click the link in our show notes and you can get started and you get to save money. I heard a conversation between one of my like oldest guy friends and some of his buddies. Like he was talking about liquid Cialis. So they're in their 30s, right? And they've been watching porn since they were teens. And so now they're using like liquid Cialis, like early 30s or they're on testosterone or TRT or whatever. Their dicks have so many issues. And it's just like, fuck, like my vagina is in the prime of her life. I'm experiencing so many different types of orgasms right now in the last year. It's like, it's been really interesting. It's our karma. It's my karma, right? But it's, it's just really interesting to hear how many dick issues guys are having, especially in our age group. And I wonder if it's going to get like younger and younger and younger. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, but literally my husband's in his thirties. He's, I mean, he's almost 40. Like he got on testosterone this year and like, I wanted him to all the symptoms of low testosterone. And it's like made a very positive impact, honestly, for him and our sex life. And I'm like, that's crazy. And there is a lot of shame. There's a lot of, not to redirect the conversation, but there is, I think they do feel shitty about that. For sure. You know, normally they say guys just get it up and go and we're the whole and we can just take it. You know what I mean? And <laughs> and they just perform because we don't they have to perform, you know what I mean? Like I guess we have lube. If like we're always working. I'm highly operational. I don't bleed anymore. I have an IUD. Don't bleed at all. Like a bloodless girl. She's bloodless. Some people think that's terrible though. They're like, you you're so I love period sex. What? My husband used to eat me out on my period and he would make bloody face. Yes, it's so hot. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I love that shit. I don't think that's so hot to me. I think it is. The first time it happened to me, I was 18 and it was this guy that I was like friends with benefits with and he like looked up and I was like, I'm on a period. And he goes, I'm a freak. He said, I'm a freak or you said you're a freak? He just looked up from between my legs and goes, I'm a freak. Ah, God bless him. Where is he? God bless them. What about snowballing where they take your cum and they put it? What do you mean? I love how you're just inserting that as if I taught you that. You taught me. Okay. Someone did. Well, I talked to you. Many people I talked to about sex. I don't know where it comes from. That is. Did you do it with your partner? I'd already partook it and I didn't know that it had a name. So you gave that, um, it made it tangible. Like now I know it's a word. Snowballing is the best. It truly is. And more guys need to get on board public service announcement. Can you define it? Taking like their cum and with your mouth and like drizzling it into their mouth or on other parts of their body, just kind of getting your mouth involved with their ejaculate. Yeah. And making sure they have to swallow it. They have to, or now it's not a snowball. Yeah. It's not a snowball if they don't swallow it. I thought the snowball was the drizzle, like bloop, drop, snowball. It would be a snow tee ball. (laughs) She's talking about a snow baseball. She is a snow wiffle ball. Okay, I was thinking of a snowball like you made a snowman out of. Okay, so my understanding is that snowballing is they come into your mouth. Like your mouth's on it. Yeah, you're giving them a (laughs) blowjob. That's probably... Or they jerk off into your mouth. 
Or could they come in your pussy and you scoop it out and put it in her mouth? Yeah, I was like, what if he came on me and then licked it up off my body and then put it into my mouth? And then you put it back in his mouth? <laughs> no, you guys are getting it all wrong. Okay. Well, I don't even know what snowballing is. And I'm over here teaching people. <laughs> Paulina knows. Paulina is a very highly... She loves a snowball. <laughs> okay. For anyone who's even more confused by these bitches, this is the real definition. Cum comes into your mouth. That could be from a blowjob or they jerked off into your mouth. You then hold the cum in your mouth and then you transfer it to their mouth. And then the hope is that they swallow it. The hope. But she might go... (laughs) (laughs) Wait, why are you saying... Oh, I guess you're saying in a lesbian couple? I don't know. I got confused again. (laughs) I don't know. Honestly, I hear what you guys are saying. I hear that coming doesn't have to be the end all be all. But I want to fucking come. When I've walked away from situations where I don't come, I feel frustrated. Like if there's like a lack of willingness or there's like a lack of energy or like, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, I don't even want to fucking deal with this. And I just like walk away. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, well, that was a bad experience because of what? Like the two combined energies, you know, like it wasn't you weren't vibing or something. It was underlying shit. No. I mean, I think like I've walked away from situations like that where I don't come, you know, like maybe like we both had an early morning or something and we were done and it was like, all right. And it's just like, it doesn't feel good to me. It's a non-reciprocation. I'm a very reciprocal person, right? Like I I like, at least today in my life, like getting what I give. I think going back to what we've talked about before is the times where I haven't, I don't think it's actually been on their end. I think it's been on my end, like my fear around asking for my needs to be met, my fear around like, oh, maybe he's tired and he has a morning meeting and I do. It's like, you know, so it's like that people pleasing tendency is probably just deeply existing within me. What would you tell someone to do like to communicate what you need? What do you think it usually is when you're not getting off with the partner? Is it their technique or do you feel like you're not into it? I think there's even more options. The technique, you're not into it. You are emotionally distracted or you're feeling some other types of emotions, maybe perhaps unrelated to him or them or her. Like there's just a lot on your mind. I think physiologically, your body, cortisol levels are high, stress is high. I think the next time that happens to me, I would love to be genuine and uh, vulnerable and say, hey, like this is a hard thing for me to say. I don't know why it is, but it just is. Is there sometimes you can't? There's sometimes I can't. Like there's sometimes like you were just saying for those factors or whatever that like I'll be having sex and I'll let him know like it's not happening for me right now. Do you relate or no? You relate. She's like, no, I don't relate. Okay. Well, you're just a coming queen then. (laughs) I do make myself come a lot. It sounds like it's very easy for you. In my uh, assessment of my girlfriends and people that I've talked to, like I could just come from like rocking back and forth on a pair of jeans. Because that's the thing is I feel like every girl can make themselves come like if we went and it would be like 45 seconds. You know what I mean? But a guy, it's different. No? Yeah, for sure it is. Isn't that crazy? And he could be doing the exact same thing, I think. And it still would take longer. Interesting. I'm thinking about what you're saying because I've also experienced that where I'm guiding the person to do exactly what I do when I'm by myself. And it doesn't happen in the same amount of time. And now I'm thinking, why? And it must be 
it must be the the pressure and the anxiousness of I want it to happen. Whereas when I'm solo, I don't feel that angst. Wowzers. That's what it is. It has to be that. I think also one of the things that I experienced in my younger life is I felt very self-conscious about my body. I couldn't even let myself get there because I was like, what do I look like right now? What does my stomach look like? And what does like my boobs look like? And like, what does my pussy look like? It's like, what the fuck? And he was loving it the whole time. Loving. The whole time. All while you were worrying, they were obsessed. What do you think about women that only... Because there's a lot of these women and maybe one of you or them where you can only come if there's a vibrator involved. There is lots of women or men that write into me and they're like, my wife... And I always say you have to like detox from the vibrator because you're not fucked or hopeless. I feel like you're just giving your nerve endings down there like this like habitual vibration and his penis is never going to be able to do that. So you're just like really taking away from his dick, the poor, his poor dick. <laughs> this is happening to me right now. It's happening right now. <gasps> Stop the train. Wait, really? I've been thinking about that. Like it's become too desensitized and it's now dependent or reliant on a specific sensation. And so now my brain is like, just go get it and make it happen. But I really think it's a dependency issue. It's almost like if you smoke weed all the time and you take a tolerance break, like you have to take a tolerance break from your vibrator and you can't go back hard hitting it. You've got to, <laughs> it's not healthy. <laughs> Everything in moderation. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, humping the corner of your bed is really great. Uh, this girl in college. I love that you're a bed humper. I'm just like a dry humper. I'm a dry humper. I'm a dry humper. I've never met an open dr- humper that like is admitting it right in front of me. I'm a humper. <laughs> hey guys, it's me, Victoria Aaron of Shit Talking Shrinks. I am a dry humper. <laughs> Honestly, like dry humping in the summer is my fate. Like I feel like a 16 year old. Why in the summer? Because it's like I'm wearing like jean shorts and I'm dry humping outside. And it's like, that's like my, it's like my fantasy. Like I was such a fucking ugly 16 year old. And like now I just get to relive it all. <laughs> Do you feel like your vagina's chafing in your shorts? Not during it, right? <laughs> the next day I got... <laughs> like you're raw, right? Do you ever hump your partner's leg? Like just like when you're like laying by them, you get on their leg and are they ever freaked out by it? Like I feel like my husband gives me the leg assist. Like he'll He's <laughs> like, here, babe. I love you, George. <laughs> Come here, George. He I'll like position it in like different You had a ways. hard day. Yeah. I, I the <laughs> kneecap. No cap. The kneecap is where it's fucking at. That's true, but you could hurt them. You can't like, <laughs> clinch yeah. <laughs> too hard. Paulina, it'll be good to get you detox from the vibrator. You need a couple knees mm-hmm. in your life. So you're a friction girly. That's what that means. Victoria is a friction girly and you're a, you're a girly. I'm a circle girly. It can't be up and down. It has to be circles, circles, circles. I've never thought about the direction. Oh, and it has to be clockwise. What? <laughs> Mine can be like a squiggly line. Mike can go backwards, forwards. I can do it all. Wait, I'm sorry. Can we just like go back to something? <laughs> Does it have to be clockwise? 
Okay, maybe it doesn't need to be clockwise, but it needs to be a circle. If it's up and down, that does nothing for me. It needs to be circles and it can't be directly on my clit. It needs to be only on the hood. To like the left? Is it to the left? It's to the right. It's to the right. But if he was looking at it, is it to the left? If he's looking at it, it's to the left. See, they always tell guys to go to the front left. I just, who told me that? Oh, this one guy, Sterling Cooper. Do you know who that is? Wait, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of controversial for jerseys. Like, oh my God, I fucking love him. He's the guy that teaches guys how to have fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he was a porn star. Yeah. Oh, I fucking love him. He's the one who says I was a porn star. Don't watch porn. It's fucking you up. I just interviewed him. He was, y'all should interview him for jerseys. He's so hot. Okay, so with our tangible tool section, if someone wants to start... Meaning what they can do for real? What they can do. Like, I want them, Jordan, to walk away and be like, right now, I'm going to implement this. With their partner, what could they do? Yeah, to like strengthen orgasm, to be able to have more meaningful orgasm. Oh, I mean, I am pro Tantra. I feel like if you are intentional with your partner about like, all of this is like creating time and intentionality with these things. So with the first being masturbation yourself, but then with your partner, like erotic play dates, I used to think scheduling sex sounded so unsexy and horrific. But when you're married and you have demon seeds running around and you're like taking care of your life, you have to fucking, you know, make time for stuff you like. And that sounds unsexy, but it's the only way to like keep the sexy. It is. So I'm doing the best I fucking can. And one day they'll get older and it won't be like that. So I think that planning time to be alone and then communicating, saying, I like this, I don't like that. And if the guy, if your husband, if you're like, I'm afraid I'm going to hurt his feelings, when he's doing something, you could like have like a code communication of like, yes or no, like where you have basic things you say and you're not having a full blown conversation about it during sex to make it bad. Does that make sense? Or it's just like we have this legend that we're going by beforehand so we don't derail sex and then it can be a good guide. And if anyone's faking it, stop doing that. You're just getting further and further away from the orgasm. Also, if you're not having orgasms at all, I mean, it would be good to look at what else is going on. Are you on SSRIs? Like there's so many different things that could literally be holding you back that you don't even know about, which I guess that's tricky. It's like depression or orgasm, depression. But I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I choose orgasm over depression. I think that cures depression. It does. It does. It really does. Fuck, now all I'm thinking about is getting fucked. I just want to get fucked now. (laughs) Well, I'm trying to think of more tangible advice of what people can do that want a deeper, more meaningful orgasm. I mean, if say, I guess that's if you're not coming. If you feel like you could ramp it up and you feel like you have the basic necessities, I think just maybe having conversations about what gets you going and exploring that in like a novelty way. Just because you like to dirty talk about something doesn't mean you have to like go have a gangbang the next day. You could talk about the gangbang for like years or something before you <laughs> before you get gangbanged. Before you get gangbanged. But I think there's a lot of ways that you can like being jealous for me when I'm jealous, I'm like super horny. I'm a light cock too. so it's like i think finding things that really get you going can change your deepen your orgasms as well 
I have a tangible tool too. I've been watching myself masturbate. Oh, mirror masturbation. Mirror masturbation or like I take a video of my phone and watch it. I'm not trying to like plug educated, but it did change my life. And I do think that that is a place to where if there's anything sex related, the courses there are just... It's just an online platform where you take courses by sex experts and it's like, I need the visual and audio. So I get to watch like massaging your man's prostate. And I got to watch a full fucking male prostate like massage. And so I'm getting to learn and see, and then I'm getting shown exactly. And there's like masturbation ones and vulva massages and, and no one's paying me to say that. But I just wanted to say that it changes your sex life. So that is a good resource. On that note, we want people to just learn more about Jordan and listen to the Horny Housewife podcast and all of her information will be in the show notes if you're interested. We love her and you will love her even more. Thank you, Jordan, for coming on today. We love you all. Big, big love. Catch you later.